0: What's up, guys? It's Matt Prince here, the 5-Dimensional Strength Coach. Welcome back for another episode of the Matt Prince Podcast. Today's topic is this, Train to Fight. All right, so a lot of people see uh, martial artists and like, wow, look at these martial artists. They're fucking doing really, really cool shit. I love it. I love it. But you see the ones that are on TV. You see the the Jason Stathams. You see the uh, Brad Pitts from Fight Club. You see the uh, Bruce Lees of the world. All these weapon-looking blokes, right? You see the guys who, they're jacked and shredded and they're martial artists. Now, these are what generally attract people into martial arts. Like, I'm going to be straight up, like, I think uh, Rocky <laughs> got me into boxing, fucking sliced alone, run run upstairs, punching, fucking doing the montages, carrying stuff in the snow. That got me into boxing. That's what got me and, and led me ultimately to start doing boxing. Um, and, and it was awesome. I started doing some work. It was a lot of fun. Now, why I was attracted was how ripped Rocky was, like how strong and powerful he looked, right? That was the thing. And then what led me into kickboxing and down the, sort of the MMA world was the movie Never Back Down. You see the guys on there, absolute animals. They're shredded, they're jack, they're fit, they're doing heaps of cool shit. It led me down that path. Now... When I got into the martial art world, and and this is a very broad general statement, so no one, please don't take offense to this and sound like, hey, I'm calling you out or anything like that, but a lot of pure martial artists aren't naturally um, jacked and shredded like the guys on the movies. They're not. It's just—it's not the way it is, and they don't look like UFC fighters until they're, you know, getting into that thing. Like if you just do a, a martial art, let's say you do karate or kickboxing or jiu-jitsu, or um, wrestlers are a little bit different. Wrestling's a fucking different beasts. They're, they're hard people to uh, to deal with, but a lot of the a lot of the specialist martial arts, they um they're not. The sport will train them. Like kickboxing will get you really cardio fit. It'll help with that. You'll drop some fat and stuff like that. But you won't look jacked and shredded, right? Sometimes you can look like skinny shredded. And that's, um, you know, I've got friends that, that get into that body and that's fine that's what that's perfect for their sport and that's what they need for their sport but jujitsu is very like i, I think with jujitsu once you get better at jujitsu you start actually gaining weight in a way like i find that my cardio outputs way less now that i'm technically getting better and so when i'm against somebody who's at a, a same rank or lower i'm a lot more relaxed even if i'm against a higher rank it's, it's still more relaxed even though i'm getting fucking beat up Right, like it's. I can sort of relax. I'm not getting that same cardio benefit that I used to. So, starting to starting to have to watch what I eat more um, and be a little bit more careful with that. I'm actually when I'm doing weights and stuff, I haven't changed what I'm eating, but I'm doing more weights and gaining more strength. And I think that's just because my energy output's lower um, now that I'm improving. So you got to consider that. There's a lot of people who are, you know, the best jujitsu guys. They don't look like dangerous weapons, right? And that's fucking cool. They. Definitely ripped my face off, which I think is incredible. And that's the beauty of the, the martial arts in general is little guys can beat up big guys, right? But in saying that, if you want to start incorporating strength training, if you want to start looking like you are a dangerous weapon, so people you know, at the pub, even if you, if you don't fight, that you want to be that guy at the pub that's like, oh, fuck, if that guy's got big traps and he's got really strong looking grip like a fighter, he's a bit scary, I'm not going to fuck with him. You have to start doing some strength training. Okay, and with the strength training, how I recommend martial artists train, uh, it's very um, it's, n- it's very general and broad. It's not like you're throwing punches with bands and doing uppercuts with dumbbells and stuff like that that you see a lot of people doing. You see a lot of people doing endless sit-ups, a lot of endless push-ups and endless 10K runs and, you know, it, it's an endless round of skipping and stuff like that stuff's old school. And it doesn't give the best bang for buck. And it's been proven, like sports science has proven it. A lot of the top UFC fighters aren't doing that. Um, it's changed, right? The, the game's changed. So let's start with a few things that you want to look at. And I'm going to talk specifically about um, kickboxing and jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts as a general thing. Because that's, that's where my knowledge is. And that's what I understand the best. And that's who I've worked with. That's, that's how I train myself. So I can give you the best, uh, best range of knowledge here. Now... First thing you want to look at, right? Let's say we're looking at trying to improve uh, kicking power, right? And we're trying to improve the look and shape of our legs, right? Big legs doesn't equal powerful kicks. doesn't. You can put a bodybuilder out with shit technique and they're going to be terrible, right? You can train a powerlifter. Even though they're the fucking most explosive and strongest people in the world, powerlifters, they will not have the best kick unless they have the flexibility, the range of movement, the timing, the technique, right? So don't take this as like you get... Stronger legs and and do what I say, and then your kick's going to go up. You still need to be practicing kicks. However, right, as you develop size, you want to be developing strength and size through your glutes and your hips as step one. Right, the the weight in any uh, in any kick will transfer from sort of through your feet up your calf, sort of up the back half of your body into your hamstrings, into your adductors, into your glutes, depending on how high and what sort of kick you're doing. But it's going to transfer through that and then rotate through your core and into your hips, right? It's, it's a connective chain, okay? So one of the best exercises that I find gets kicking power up is kettlebell swings, believe it or not. So kettlebell swings, I think, are the all-time greatest exercise for kicking power. And I'll say that with a lot of confidence. So the reason for it, with a kettlebell swing, when you do a swing, and you can say you've got a heavy swing, you've got a like 48-kilo bell, 32-kilo bell, depending on how strong you are, when you've got a heavy swing, you're pulling it right through. You're getting that stretch of the hamstring. What happens is you're getting flexibility training, dynamic flexibility training. So you're getting a dynamic stretch when you go backwards with that swing. When you squeeze your glutes to re, you know, re, um, rebound it off that, off that stretch, so you get that stretch and then you've got the reflex rebound to snap it back up, you're now getting an explosive concentric movement, which essentially means it's like a slam forward. Okay, so think of that, you know, that that flat forward. It's very, very similar timing to what a kick would be. Okay, you've got that that split second of you stretching and then you're rebounding and it's like that stretch reflex and and it's really training that movement. Okay, so if you do things like swings, the timing of it's going to be very similar to kicks. Okay, you, you stretch and then you contract really, really hard for about a split second, maybe a second and then that, that strike is like the kick would hit or the, the swing would be locked out at the top and then it would be coming back through for the second kick so it's that's a really, really good thing to understand. Kettlebells in general do this snatching, um, cleaning swinging, single arm swings, things like that, throwing balls overhead and stuff like that, anything in that hip hinge movement that's like a swing, it's very, very good for this. So kettlebell swings are a really, really good one. Things like Squats, box squats, um, sumo deadlifts, um, all, the, all the stuff that builds strength through legs, back, core, hips, and gets it all working together, it's very, very, very efficient, very, very handy to have because you start to connect all of the mus- muscles down that side. You start to connect it all together, and you're also strengthening your central nervous system to develop more force and more strength, which is a huge key if you want to start adding more power, right? You cannot have more power and more explosiveness unless your strength goes up. And I'm, not, I'm saying this like, you see guys who have fucking got the worst, harshest kicks in the world, right? And if they were to get stronger and train that explosiveness with, say, kettlebells and jumps and things like that that like I'm going to be talking about, their kicks would get even more powerful and even more deadly. That's right? just the way it is. It's basically, the more strength and timing you can produce, the better the output will be. So that's something to consider. Now, I'm not talking about giving somebody a 250-kilo back squat if they're a kickboxer or a fighter. It's not necessary. It's not going to help. There is diminishing returns. But if you take their squat, let's say someone comes in. Let's say Jack when he was training in the gym. Um, now he's working over in Thailand. But when he was training in the gym, he, he came in, he might have had like 110 kilos squat or something like that. Decent strength. Decent movement. Built that up to about 150. He was a nightmare. Like he was incredibly strong. Built that up to 150 for a three or something. We weren't really doing heavy ones. Like it wasn't the focus. But the focus is still getting him stronger. Right, and We're moving those with, still with speed. It's not like a maximum grind effort all the time. Very rarely we would do that unless we're testing, it's out of fight season or whatever, like he's got a bit of time or he just feels good. We'll do that, but a lot of the time it's quality, fast, heavy reps, like in that, I'd say 85 to 90% range. That's sort of what we're trying to, to work in. Um, and we're constantly rotating exercise, like I always talk about with the conjugate style of training that we do, um, so we're not getting any overuse or accommodation happening. But that's some stuff that will help the kick. Get your swings more powerful, more explosive. Get your strength up in your squats and your deadlifts and maybe even your lunges, depending on how you move and, and your body. But you want to work these and you want to gain maximum strength, right? And you don't want to be doing like sets of 10 for this. You want to be doing anything, I'd say in the one to five rep range, generally one to three rep range. and You're working speed and quality and, and you know it's, it's staying sharp. It's not There's no form breakdown, right? We're working optimally not maximally and not not grinding ourselves into the ground but it's still hard don't take it as easy work right so that's how that's some things i'd suggest with the kicks the other thing to consider with kicking is you get your jumping up the so box jumps vertical jumps weighted jumps all that stuff jumping's an incredible thing so there's some things we work for kicking power now for punching power very 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 similar We will work all of that stuff because all of the punches generally start from the hips and work through the core. But I'll also say what we do a lot at Royal is we work a lot of back work, right? And the theory behind this is basically your shoulder, the the back half of your shoulder, let's say like for throwing athletes, right? A pitcher. Right, a, a baseball pitcher or a, uh, a puncher, whatever you want to call it. But if you throw and you've got really, really strong front muscles, right, you throw, what will happen? If you don't have strength in the back and stability in the back, your shoulder will come out of the socket, right? Your body knows this, though. So your body actually says, no, fuck you. This is as hard as you're going to throw it. This is as fast as you're going to throw the punch. This is as hard as, as much power as you're going to produce, right, because your stability and your strength and your, and your 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 back muscles aren't there. Okay, so you need to be looking at this from a a make sense point of view. It it just makes sense that if your back can't support you punching at, say, 100 miles per hour, right, and you've only got the back to support you at 70 miles per hour, your punch is going to be 70 miles per hour. Right. This is what they, they test in baseball and pitches and stuff like that, but it makes complete sense in punching too. So what I find is people who train that upper back, right, that make it make sure first their scapula is moving properly, so doing things like retraction stuff like scap push-ups, uh, making sure you can do like white hand casts and you've got good shoulder mobility. Then we start to add in like strength in the rowing movement. So we're, we're doing, say, like seated rows, barbell rows, single arm rows, body rows, those sorts of things. We're doing things like pull-aparts. We're doing things like shr- uh, shrugs trap work, lower trap work, all of these muscles, they are the supporting muscles that will allow for greater deceleration, basically which means that you can have more acceleration, alright, so you'll be able to punch it harder with the front muscles because your back muscles are stronger, alright, so if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because People know that strong glutes equals powerful hips, right? It's not the hip flexor doing the work a lot of the time. It's that glute extending the hip forward that does the work. So it's, I look at it as the same with the back. Now, there'll be people that will argue this, but this is just what I've found. As we've got my punches, as we've got my back stronger, my punches go up, right? As we get, you know, a lot of the fighters and kickboxers and stuff, as their traps and their back and shoulders and all that develop, their punches go up. Not their bench press necessarily, Right? It doesn't mean we don't bench. We're going to benching a lot of the time because they like it and they feel good and it does create that front power as well and front strength. But just be aware that the back is generally the main focus, okay? So, that's some stuff to think about, right? Some, uh, in terms of bench pressing, I'll keep the reps low. I'm not doing a lot of high rep stuff. Um, if we're doing high rep stuff, it's basically joint and tendon work, okay? Because I don't want a, a person who's a weight division fighter to go up in weight. But if you're just doing it like for me, like I'm just doing it for fun, I do the high rep work and I'm trying to get big. I basically just follow the strength build program um, and, it, and it doesn't really affect my um, jiu-jitsu too badly or my kickboxing too badly. But sometimes if I do too much striking, my shoulders get really, really sore because I'm doing so many reps as well in the gym. So I have to be mindful. If I'm doing more striking, the reps drop down in the gym. It's more back work. If I'm doing less striking, I can go fucking nuts. All right. For jiu-jitsu, it doesn't really matter, matter to me too much as long as I can keep flexibility there and uh, still move my arms properly. So... There's some things to think about. Now, high rep work for joint health is a key. Like, some things to look at for shoulder health, for elbow health, um, things like bamboo baths, so working stability, stabilisation, things like rotator cuff work, working, again, stabilisation, things like high rep, Push downs, like band extensions type thing. Um, and I'm talking like 50 to 100 in a set with a really slight thin band. Um, things like higher rep hammer curls with a band as well. What that does is that pumps a lot of blood around the elbow and into the tendons and ligaments in that area. So it helps to rehab it, strengthens all of that stuff. It's like ligament and tendon training. Think of it like that rather than muscular training where you generally for a hypertrophy set, you'd go in that 8 to 12 range where if you're doing tendon-based work and, and joint-based work, I call it joint-based work, elbow work um, it'll be that 50 to 100 so you're trying to you're not trying to smash it with heavy grinds you're doing more more high rep stuff and that keeps you fighting more right it keeps you uninjured which is the key so there's some things to play with now if we start to look at wrestling right wrestling and jiu-jitsu and that sort of stuff full body strength matters Right. In any martial art, but let's specifically talk wrestlers, they're fucking animals, right? So when we start to mix it all in, so you've got MMA, I've taught you how to basically make sure that your back and shoulders are healthy, upper back and shoulders are healthy for punching. I've taught you now how to get some more explosiveness in your hips and, uh, and make sure that you're creating maximum force and maximum you know, explosion through that area so you can get your kicking up. Now, some things to consider. Lower back is king, neck is king. If you have tiny little traps and a skinny pencil neck, you will get hurt. <laughs> you will 100% get hurt. Your head's always getting pulled down. Like three times today in jujitsu, my neck cracked as people grabbed on it and pulled it down and tried to choke me. Cracked. Like it actually made a popping noise, which I know probably isn't healthy for me long term, but I'm fucking fighting and I like it. It's fun. Right? But... Neck has to be key, so do neck work, right? Do trap work. Make sure your upper back's strong and you know bulletproof that. Lower back is the same thing. If you've got two fucking pit bulls going head to head, or two like meatheads going head to head, you know if if they're basically jammed in between the floor and the person, the lower back is the thing that usually gives out on a lot of people. That's where the weak point is. So you need to be training the lower back and training it hard, right? And the that I like to use reverse hypers to create traction and to like make it feel healthy, get blood. There, I do that a lot. High rep reverse hypers. I'm talking sets of 20, and I'm doing them to at least two times a week, maybe three times a week. Sets of 20 to 25. Um, and yesterday, like I did, me sets of 20 at 60 kilos, and that was my warm ups for my deadlifts and stuff like that. So training that back, getting a lot of blood in there, trains the back, trains the glutes, trains the hamstrings, all as one. But it's building up that back strength, and that's key. You've got extensions, normal extensions, like just hyper extensions do right? Single leg, double leg, different variations. I've been playing with, I just posted on Instagram, um, single leg good mornings, right? I've been doing heavy double leg good mornings, been working single leg good mornings. So I have 70 kilos on my back, one leg forward, one leg back, and this is light work for me. I've just been doing it to, to practice the form. I'm going to build it up. But I've been doing single leg good mornings, and that's, that's been a really good one for my glutes, my hamstrings, my lower back, all, again, to work together. Upper back, it's all, it's all in there. You've got sumo, um, Sumo, good mornings. You've got deadlifts, straight straight leg deadlifts, like all your heavy back squats, your trap bar deads. All of that stuff matters because you're connecting now all of the muscles together while increasing core and back pressure and tension. So you're starting to really build a really solid foundation to not get injured, but also to become a nightmare. Like you're a powerhouse if you can get these exercises right up. Like if you can give me a guy who deadlifts a lot or squats a lot but isn't strong. I'll be very, very surprised. Even if it is a bodybuilder, like if you think of, say, a bodybuilder as a useless athlete, which some people do, I don't believe that. I think, like, one of the bodybuilders, Zcat, that I train with is a fucking gymnast, ex-gymnast. I've seen him do, like, iron crosses and handstands on rings and stuff. Like, it's insane what he can do. And he he just he looks like a bodybuilder, but he's built muscle around and stability around it, so he is an athlete. Um, But a lot of people see bodybuilding as, like, unathletic. Let's say that that is true, Right there's still going to be a fucking nightmare to to train with, to wrestle with, to grapple with. Like, even if you have a really, really strong, powerful bodybuilder, big guy, and it's just a scrap, right? He's going to be a nightmare rather than some skinny guy who doesn't know how to fight. He's going to be a nightmare. So that's something to consider. Like, with all being even, let's say you put a, you know, a strong... The, the last guy that I lost to in my jiu-jitsu comp, he was a bodybuilder. He was on steroids i believe he looked like he was on steroids and uh he's an absolute monster and that guy he was a nightmare technically wise probably about even he beat me because he was just more powerful and had more going in than me right and uh in saying that if i was to get on some uh some 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 good supplements like he was i reckon you know i'd be just as much of a nightmare to him but it was an interesting thing right like that's where i was like fuck Strength does work, right? It does. I got out strength and I'm a strong guy. So it's, uh, it's an interesting little thing. Now, guys, as, as I sort of start to um, think of some other things, I'm just talking off the top of my head with this stuff, guys. So, you know, I'm just bench driving. So... Um, Some other things to really consider, when I talk about the core, right? we're talking about lower back strength, we're talking about core strength, you need to be working your your whole core as a cylinder. So obliques become a really big key so you need to be doing things like single arm carries, Um, double arm carries are really really good, doing like single arm planks, um, single arm uh, so like side dips, like those things are really, really good. Working things like uh, rotational work, like, you know, the grapples, handles and stuff, they're really, really good. It builds up the whole core, train, trains the obliques in there as well, and it just protects your back more, but it also gives you that twisting strength. So as you're, as you're punching and as you're twisting and grappling, you, you're used to that movement already, so you're getting better in those movements with some weight. So that's some other stuff to play with. So uh, where else are we? What else can we do? Oh, Conditioning-wise, right, for a fighter, so this to a guy yesterday, fighting, unless you're doing a specific fight, your training should take care of your conditioning side, right? There's no, no reason why you need to be doing a heap of uh, circuit work, boot camp, style work, distance runs, all of that sort of shit, if you're doing hard rounds in the actual sport that you're training in, right? So if you think about it, like five five-minute jujitsu rounds, like comp rounds done fucking hard, it's brutally hard. It is brutally hard and you can't get any more sports specific than that. Right? You can't you can't mimic that with a battle rope. You can't mimic that with a sled. Right? Yes, you know, if you're out of shape completely doing sleds and battle ropes is great. But if you're doing it for the sake of like you're you're already a decent fighter and you're doing a heap of training, it's just gonna add more stress that you have to recover from. So I would recommend making sure like if you're doing a lot of training, up your training intensity in the actual sport. So if, you, if it's kickboxing or MMA, have hard rounds. Like do hard sparring rounds, hard pad rounds, hard you know rolling rounds, hard drilling rounds. Like get on a bag and hit the bag. Like do the skill and make sure that's your main thing because. There's been that many people I've seen come into jiu-jitsu. Like, I started a week after I did a marathon, right? The first session, I was fucking gas rolling with a 55-kilo woman, right? And I don't say that as, like, women shouldn't be able to beat me up, but, like, I was a 96-kilo fucking powerlifter marathon runner bloke, right? Come in, and this, this girl, very talented girl, incredible girl, but she was just wrapping herself around me and choking me and, and fucking me up, and I was puffed out. So it just shows, like, yeah, I can run a marathon, but the next week I couldn't do jujitsu for five minutes. I was gassed. Okay, so the sports-specific training does matter, um, and if you have people telling you otherwise, just question their um, question their, I suppose, intense, I- intent behind it. Generally, they're biased towards a certain area. Like, I'll always be biased towards strength. I'll always tell people, hey, look, instead of uh, instead of doing like twelve striking sessions and jiu sessions and stuff like that, maybe cut it to 10 and do two strengths and watch your results go up, right? You'll be less injured, you'll be more powerful, you'll be more explosive. I've got results to back it up, but that's a bias because that's what I sell, that's what I do, that's how I coach, right? You'll you'll you have a, a, your cardio guy, he'll say the same thing. He'll be like, drop it down and you'll have more endurance and, you know, you'll run. But see, my argument to that is like you're essentially just adding more impact stress and you give, Results to uh, work, ratio, work um, effort, it's, it's not that great. Where strength, it is great. Strength and power, it is really, really great. But cardio, you might just up it a little bit. Right? You might just improve by, by 10%, and that's the gain. Where with strength, you can improve by 50%, and then watch your cardio fucking explode as well, because you've got more power in each, in each stride, in each strike. So there's some things to consider. So as you start the to pieces together, guys, what I would recommend, as I wrap it up, I'll put it into a bow for you guys so you can go and do it. For me personally, I fluctuate between three and four hard strength sessions per week, right, currently. Currently, right. right now I'm doing four, and I'm doing three to 4 jujitsu sessions. When I'm striking, I'll cut it down to two to three hard sessions. If I'm, It depends. So if I'm doing, say, say I do 4 jujitsu sessions, and I get a sparring session in kickboxing, and I get a pad session in kickboxing, right? That's six martial arts sessions for me for the week, and it totals to be, say, so it could be anywhere between six and about eight hours depending on if we do an hour and a half sessions or not, right? So that's, that's a lot of volume. Now strength-wise, I'll do in between two and three sessions on that and I'll be focusing on exactly what I said. I'll be doing the, the compound-based lifting, the explosive-based work, um, building up maximal strength, building up um, tendon strength, looking, up, looking after my joints, building up my back, my glutes, my core, I'll be doing that, right? Let's say you want to gain extra strength, right? So I'm going through a strength phase at the moment, I've cut my striking out. Right now, if you're a pro fighter, you can't do this. But I've cut my striking out. Now for you guys that don't do multiple martial arts and you're only doing striking three times a week, you don't need to worry about this. This is this is not applying to you. I'm, I'm talking. I was already doing four jujitsu sessions two striking, so I was like, all right, cool. What do I want to drop? All right, jujitsu I like better at the moment. It's more fun. I've got more I'm learning. It's, it's really progressive for me. So I'm just gonna keep doing that. Right, just drop the striking and I can add. I can do four strength, I'm doing four strength, two upper, two lower, so it works out to be a max effort lower body day, um, so I'm hitting my heavy lifts, I'm hitting heavy jumps, like working really hard with that stuff, I'm doing accessory work to build up my glutes, my hamstrings, my lower back, my hips, all those areas, my traps, and then upper body, I do on the, the Wednesday, I'm doing max effort upper body, so I'm working again, I'm working a heavy bench variation for low reps. I'm working a lot of hard back work, a lot of hard um, tricep work, you know, everything in that upper back and, and, and the, the upper area that's going to help me improve in my strength, not only for jiu-jitsu, but also for my, uh, my lifting too. So I'm, I'm hitting that pretty hard. Now, Fridays, I'm hitting speed work, so speed squats, or, or it might be a heavy, depending on what I'm doing, but it could be heavy squats or speed squats. Um, Friday, last week, we did, we did heavy good mornings on the Monday, and we ended up doing heavy squats on the Friday. But this week, we're doing dynamic work, so it's going to be... Um, like 10 sets of two I think we've got 65% plus a few chains we're going to work into and it's going to be like hard explosive based work we're going to throw in about 40 jumps in that session and then we're going to be doing again probably some kettlebell swinging some lower back some abs right and that's the session that's what we're working maybe some lunging some sledding depending on how we feel but it's all based around building up those areas no different than strength club programming no different it's just um I'm always testing some stuff so about four weeks time you end up doing it if it works basically that's how that sort of roles. Saturday mornings I'm doing dynamic effort bench or repetition bench. So for skinny guys repetition what we're doing so we're trying to build size and, and, and extra muscle basically so they can have more muscles to produce more force um, and it will work in like we'll work hard on the bench and then it will spill be all upper back work and tricep work and, and specific shoulder rotation work and things like that. Um, and for me, I'm currently using the bamboo bar to rehab my shoulders, stabilization, and building all the stabilizers up. So it's working really good now. Jujitsu-wise, so that's that's my day. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, going hard doing jiu-jitsu Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Friday if I can get to it and going in that. So I'm I'm, I'm still getting four jiu-jitsu, four strengths. So I'm still getting eight hours of work, right? I feel good with this. This is tolerable. I'm not doing any extra cardio because I am getting essentially at least uh, four to, again, or what are we so five and a half to six hours of uh, jiu-jitsu in depending on the session time and uh, and it's quality like we're doing skills we're doing drills we get a few five minute rounds at the end keeps me in a maintenance phase at least if not it's improving it um, and yeah that, that's, all, that's all I think I need I'm not adding any extra runs I don't, don't see the need for it uh, so guys I hope that helps I hope that does help um, if you have any specific injuries or areas that you need to build, message me. I can help you. I'm happy to, to shoot you a message or a podcast to help you out in that, that aspect. But just keep in mind, remember what the goal is, right? Don't get caught up in what they're doing on TV. Don't get caught up in what somebody's you know saying. Like I used to, <laughs> to take those... um use those elevation masks and stuff because I've seen guys like Wanderlei Silver wearing a snorkel. You know, I used to do that shit. I used to get hyped up with that stuff. And as I'm getting smarter, it's not necessary, right? It's just not needed. Um, There's specific areas where it will help. But a lot of the time, using the basics of getting your body strong in the positions that you need to be strong in, um, not sports-specific. I'm not talking sports-specific. I'm talking, like, uh, I suppose, concept-specific. So I'm not saying we're, we're teaching how to take down or do sprawls or anything like that. we're not drilling that in the gym you do that in the fighting and then we we basically gain maximum strength and power and speed in the weight room that's our plan of attack right for guys that are out of shape yes they do do they'll add sleds in um, basically but that's not that's not a 10k run they might hit five to ten sleds to increase their their anaerobic conditioning which does definitely help if you don't have it um, because you just get better at dealing with lactic acid and feeling fucked essentially so that's uh, that's how that sort of works so anyway that's all i got for you today if you have any questions please hit me up if you are a fighter and you're looking for some help with your programming hit me up I've got some stuff going on we've got work uh, we can get you into the gym at Royal or I can help you out online and you can train where you, wherever you are At and coming from, Um, but yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to help if you need it. Just let me know and we'll do our best. But if you have any questions, guys, please let me know. And then uh, if you have anybody who would benefit from hearing this, any fighting friends, anybody who trains in fighting and wants to just look like a beast, get them onto it. Let them know. Get them onto the podcast, and I'll do my best to uh, educate them and turn them into weapons too. So when you're at the pub, you look like that group of guys that people just don't want to fuck with. (laughs) That's the uh, the end goal. All right. Anyway, I'll talk to you all soon. Have a great day. Bye.